0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon.
1: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and in today's episode, we're talking with Russ Perry. Russ is the founder of Design Pickle, and he's the author of the new book, The Sober Entrepreneur. He spent eight years building businesses that yield zero in profits and now has, in less than three years, Uh, grown design pickle to half a million in monthly recurring revenue, 135 team members, and 150,000 design requests that have been completed. His recent success though almost never happened because he'd been hiding something. He was an alcoholic and it almost ruined his marriage, his business, and his life. On October 22nd, 2013, Russ stopped drinking and in the years prior to that decision, his marriage had been one step away from catastrophe and his business had just about burned down. So uh quitting alcohol was really the catalyst that he needed to come back from the edge of disaster both personally and professionally. Really excited to welcome Russ Perry here. Well Russ, welcome. Uh looking forward to talking with you today.
0: Awesome Steve, thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, let's start by um giving everybody a little bit of context. They got they got some idea of of who you are and where you're coming from in the in the bio, but if you can just give everybody some context for what got you to this point in your career.
0: Uh, I mean, I mean, how much time do you have? Uh, I, you know, for me, I've always been driven to create. And I think that has been something that has been inside me for a long time. I always was attracted to art and problem solving and design. And that's, I think the epitome or the like crux of design, whether it's visual design or, or designing a business is you're trying to create something new or, or better or solve a problem. And so that's been my driving force for all of these years and always has been at the, at the tip of every decision is is this allowing me to be a creator or not and we 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 traveled through my history real briefly there in the intro but i can say without a doubt that when i was at my lowest points i was the furthest away from creation and adding value out there in the universe in the world i was i was only focused on consumption and and taking And so balancing that, I think, has been my life's journey thus far. And I'm happy to say that that I'm on the other side of a lot of darker parts of that and realizing that my true happiness now always just really relies and surrounds myself when I'm in that creation mode. And as an entrepreneur, I get to live that now every day.
1: So. As you've gone through this journey, clearly you've had had some some hurdles to overcome. What what are some of the things that you were able to draw on as you were facing those those big challenges to to push through and to get to a place now where you are creating and adding value?
0: Well, I wish I could say that I had it figured out for the beginning, but um, I, you know my my missteps really started. W- with thinking that I to like what I had to draw on, like what the power and the focus that I was going to pull from was the business itself, like that somehow that was going to unlock. The other things in my life, whether that was my happiness and my marriage or the the tangible things that I wanted in life, the the house, the cars, all of that kind of stuff. And I went to the business as if it was like this ATM ATM of happiness and trying to withdraw it and withdraw and withdraw it only to realize that it was an empty place, that those things aren't those don't those don't come from the business. Those come from you and are enhanced by a business. A business amplifies whatever it is that that is the goodness or the, or the reason or the drive inside of you. And so that's really what kind of pushed me over the edge. And, and I didn't know how to manage stress. I didn't know anything about things which I do daily now, which are like meditation and fitness and exercise to manage the everyday challenges a a CEO faces and entrepreneur faces. And so I, I, I looked to substances, which, which does a really great job of hiding things and masking things, at least for some time, just kicks the can down the road more or less. And so when I got clear on that, um, to come around to a specific answer to your question, it really, it really started with the selfish desire to be the best that I could be and to fulfill myself first so that I could be the best person to fulfill in my marriage and my family. So it's a selfish, the selfish concept originally, but it's, it's designed to be selfish so that you're at the highest version of yourself for others, which that dichotomy was what I understood later in life. And, and now is where I draw from, and why I, where I get my inspiration to wake up early, drive hard, push through the challenges, so I could be the best for myself, for others. So,
1: it's almost like the the idea, you know, they tell you getting on the airplane, put put your own mask on first before you you help someone else, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah. You're actually this, I've never thought of that analogy. I've flown so much. You're actually the second person in like two weeks to, to <laughs> reference that, but it's the exact, it's the exact same thing. You're not going to be able to help your children on an airplane if there's a pressure decrease, if you're suffocating or getting dizzy or you pass out same thing. You can't help your family to grow and to provide for them. If you're paying everybody else except yourself mm-hmm. and suffocating financially.
1: Well, I think with all the pressures, particularly the pressures around starting a business, you know, once it's up and running and there's kind of consistent cash flow, yeah, there are still lots and lots of challenges. But it's to me, it's those early days when, you know, money's really pretty tight and and it's very tempting not to pay yourself, to put yourself in, in, in danger in other ways that the the pressure i think can be so intense that that it just sends you in these other places. Um, it sounds like you found some better ways to, to cope with that now. What are you doing now? You mentioned meditation and a few other things. What what are the key things you're doing now that are helping you deal with that because you're in a high growth business right now.
0: We are Well, let me talk about business first, because I could talk about meditation and wellness and all of that stuff. The one thing that I highly recommend, if that's you, if you're in that position and you're in the high, like the early days and things are tough, is you just need to charge more money. (laughs) Like you just (laughs) need to bill more. And 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 if you believe in yourself, if what you're doing is truly valuable, you can afford to double or triple your rates And that has a duality effect, it increases your confidence and it also increases your cash flow and what you take home which allows you to do other things like invest in advertising, invest in a new gym for yourself, take your wife out on a nicer date because you've been on the cheap dates and now you wanna go to the the ocean club or whatever. But that's like a practical thing and I'm actually coaching four guys right now personally and one of the guys, he is so undervaluing himself in the consulting world, but yet he's pitching his services to, you know, multi-million, eight-figure, nine-figure companies. And I told him, do you just need a price tag that makes you squirm inside? Because he just hasn't gotten that sales traction yet. Mm-hmm. So that's just an easy thing. And we always, from day one, were profitable because we just charged enough. And we mm-hmm. knew that, hey, this is what we what we need to make. Um that confidence was built after eight years of doing was wrong. So it's not to say that I just out of the gates, my first business had that confidence. I just was tired of being broke. And so I <laughs> wanted to make sure I charged enough. But back to the kind of the other intangibles beyond just a pricing recommendation. Meditation is like trendy right now. I get a lot of people talk about it. You hear about the apps that are getting these cool valuations of I was like calm, I think got evaluated at like a billion dollars or something. Um here's the thing about it. It all is is working out your brain, like a gym workout for your brain. That's the way I look at it. Can it be spiritual? Absolutely. But for me, it's like the best way to pattern interrupt my my thought processes, which sometimes can be really stressful and destructive. Mm-hmm. And to be able to stop those you know, that cul-de-sac pattern loop that you can get stuck in about a topic or an issue and just interrupt that with some mindfulness, with some gratefulness and whatever else goes on in the meditation practice people can choose. And that is just like such a relief and such a stress relief. Mm -hmm. And it's cumulative. So anyone who's not meditating, you got to really do it 10 to 20 minutes a day every day to feel the benefits over weeks and weeks and months and months. So that's just a pro tip too, because a lot of people will do it for two minutes and just say like, well, I don't feel anything. That, was, <laughs> that took forever. Well, neither does like running, you know, walking one lap around the lap. Like you're gonna move one lap. Right. It takes a lot more to actually move the needle.
1: You're, you're the first person I've heard refer to it or, or, or relate it to exercise. Um, and I think that's a good analogy. Um, and everybody's got their different practice. I, you know, mine is very, very simple. I just try and clear my head of thoughts for about 10 minutes a day. And it's probably the most difficult thing I have to do all day because the brain's always running. But, uh, you know, just to get the, the fleeting moments of complete quiet, cause it's never the full 10 minutes. I don't, I, Maybe I'm not good enough yet, but it's never the full <laughs> 10 minutes that the brain is quiet. Uh, but it's for moments throughout. But when you get to that point and have that peace, um, it, it really is, I think, restorative. You know, we, we all have that, that voice going on. And in business, it can, particularly when you're going through stressful times, that voice can be incredibly negative and, mm-hmm. and really work against you. And so I think mm-hmm. being able to take that time and be able to get clear is really valuable
0: it's valuable and it is so it's like it leverages you to have so much more clarity through the rest of the day that it's just it's an exponential gain on investment from a time standpoint and i'm a practical guy i studied engineering for a year didn't didn't go down that path but uh, i like science i like technology i like facts i like figures and so for me i'm like okay rationalizing the time investment of meditation, I'm able to come out of meditation and be hyper-focused for 90 minutes, maybe two hours, so much more so that if I stopped my day at that point, I could, I could literally be like done for the day, but it's only 10 o'clock. And that's, that's what people don't realize is it's not just this, like you do, don't get me wrong. It's, Totally helps with stress. Totally helps with like you want to punch someone in the head or if something's frustrating you. You can do it, but it's like uh, it's like a it's like warming up your mind for then what can be the most productive hour and a half two hours of your day, and if you don't pause and to create that gap in that space, then what do you do? You wake up, you get hit with the day's stuff. Everyone needs stuff from you, and before you know it, it's ten o'clock at night, and you feel like you've gotten nothing done. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, we've got a lot more to cover. We're going to be back in just a minute with more from Russ Perry. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. This is Steve Gordon, and I'm talking today with Russ Perry, and Russ is the author of the new book, The Sober Entrepreneur, and uh, Russ, thank you for sharing everything you did in the first segment of the interview um, I think excellent advice, number one, about raising fees and, and two, about fi- finding some some calm and some some uh, peace throughout your day. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the book and uh, and, and and really kind of understand why you wrote it and, and who who you think it's it's best for.
0: Well, this, the, the book itself started actually as a really personal project, stemming from a similar autobiographical slash biographical project my grandmother did. Uh, she's been passed for some time now, but she did a whole book on our genealogy. She was a daughter of German immigrants, tracking that from before Arizona, where I live, was a state, and all the way through. Um, present well at the time present day when I when I had my first daughter my I was married to my wife we didn't have our our kids yet with me and my wife and I was reading this tale this book and so enthralled and it occurred to me because I hadn't stopped drinking I was I was still drinking at the time that all the men in this book didn't necessarily have the most glamorous or flattering in portrayals for my grandma. She was a pretty hard, straightforward lady, as you can imagine the daughter of German immigrants would be. And she just said it, told it how it was, their addictions, their shortcomings, their challenges, their gambling debts, and all the way up to, to cousins and uncles I knew. And, and so it made me stop and think, like, what would someone write about me right now if I was to pass away? What would my story B. And I was not happy with that. And in fact, a lot of the things that could have been written were around the challenges that I had had around drinking. And so then in there, I decided to change my family tree. It's the it's the catch line of the book, the subtitle. But I decided that, look, I'm going to live a different life where alcohol and substances and addiction is talked about wasn't in my life. And it's it's eliminated to the best of my ability i'm not going to avoid everything possible i'm not worried about drinking anymore but there's realities where i can get addicted to something else maybe a little more abstract but i wrote this book to to change the tide of the stories and have an asset for my own kids i have three daughters now to to to, to share my struggles and and the journey so that if someone else is out there in that same boat there they can they can realize that look addiction and the challenges that go along with it aren't just reserved for the homeless guy under the bridge, that there are high-functioning entrepreneurs, married people who struggle just the same. So that's where it started, and then it's really leveraged beyond that into a teaching tool and now a whole platform where I really want to open up this conversation because we're all addicted to something. And the proof of this, because uh, you could say, "Well, Russ, I'm not that addicted." If you're an entrepreneur, you're addicted because you're addicted to your business of and the idea that you have. Like Steve, right now you're addicted to this podcast because you Mm -hmm. believe it can help people and teach people and educate people. And so there is that addictive nature inside of all of us. Mm -hmm. And this book is to share what happens when that goes too far, but then also how to wrangle that and provide a really practical toolkit and framework to manage that and turn that energy from negative habits into positive.
1: Yeah, I think anytime you're creating something, you can become... Susceptible to that, to taking it to the extreme, uh, particularly when you're trying to create a business because it's so closely tied to, you know, the, how you're going to eat tomorrow. You know, it's, it's our livelihood. So it's both creation and, and it, it's got this other kind of visceral quality to it where it's, it's putting food on the table for you, you know, for you and your family. And it, it's, I think it's very easy to become obsessed with, you know, focus on that and, uh, and, and to the exclusion of other things in life. Um, and I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of other entrepreneurs. I know, I know quite a few who, who struggle with different forms of addiction. I don't, I think maybe it's something that's not talked about that much, uh, within, um, our circles, but, but it's there. It's certainly there
0: it's there and it's and again it takes all shapes and sizes i mean there could be people who are addicted to social media simply and and putting out this image and this brand that's not accurate and they're actually hiding or masking things i mean that when i was in the lowest point of my addiction i literally was living this dual life and hiding what was reality and pretending to be someone i wasn't and, and on and so many different levels And that's what so many people do on social media. (laughs) They hide who they are. They pretend they're someone else. They create this false reality. And so it doesn't have to be a substance. But but the point is, is like you do have to be crazy to be successful in business. And why not take that crazy, addictive personality, which you might be hooked on, drugs or alcohol or travel or speaking or whatever things that give you that high why not focus that into another area of creation of wellness of health that can can not only improve you but then can actually improve your family and others involved and they things can go both ways like there it's just such a tough fine line sometimes and even alcohol like don't i'm not anti-alcohol I'm just anti-addicted addiction. So if that's your thing, great, but like for there's so like one of my closest friends, he's he's you know one glass of wine a week and he loves it and it's fine. He's no challenge at all with alcohol. But maybe there's something else. He's actually a pretty square guy. He's he's uh, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a good dude. You never know. <laughs> so, I mean,
1: I just in in thinking about you know, you putting this book together. I understand you had some personal motivation to do it, but it had to take a tremendous amount of courage to Mm. write about this and then put it out in public. I mean, I've written a business book and that took some courage to put some ideas out into the world, but this is, that wasn't personal at all. This is very personal. Um, I mean, talk a little bit about what it took to do that. I, I can't imagine the courage that it would take.
0: So let me preface this answer with the fact that I used to be the guy that was uncomfortable sending my restaurant order back if it was completely wrong like i would i like didn't want to inconvenience the person who was serving me until until i finally developed this courage and a big a, a big credit goes out to a program that actually i am a certified trainer in it's called wake up warrior it's a men's program it's a leadership program uh those are the four men i mentioned i'm coaching i'm coaching them under that umbrella and what what one of the core tenets of this program is that you just you just tell the truth You're completely and radically honest on all accounts. And I don't have enough time to go into the intricacies of this. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. And I knew the ultimate truth bomb that I could drop was writing a book about what I did. That at that point, I have nothing else to hide, Steve. I literally can talk to you about anything from my sex life to my affair to drinking to yoga this morning so whatever and i'm okay with that and that and that gives me certainty and power that translates into my leadership into my parenting into being a husband and everything else so it did it did it did take a lot of courage it it took a lot of training too to gain that courage it wasn't just like one day i woke up and it took a massive amount of trust with me and my wife and she was actually the first person when I floated the idea. And she just was like, you got to do it because there's so many people out there who are hurting. You got to share this story. And we knew that the heartache that we had, if we weren't allowing that to be leveraged to teach and educate others, then what a waste, right? Like what a, what a waste that would have been of an experience that almost tore us apart if we couldn't help others um, he, for, heal and 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 get through that, or avoid it altogether. Was
1: so it difficult during the writing process, kind of pulling all of that back up again to the surface?
0: It totally was, and I mean, even like my wife knew what was going on. She read her some early pieces, but when I had the fi- the the printed copy and I got it and I gave it to her and she's reading it, I was so nervous, like. There wasn't any surprises in there, but even still, it was like, okay, this is this is real now. You put this out there, there's no turning back. But I but I know the deep down the reason why I'm doing it wasn't to, you know, like sensationalized, sensationalized tabloid. It's it's to say it's to share this and say, here's where I was, here's where I'm going. And you know, one chapter of the book we talk about like hitting rock bottom, and I'm, I'm like in the book, it's explicitly, I said, look, if this book helps divert you from rock bottom, I hope it, I hope so, because rock bottom is a really rough place, and you learn a lot of lessons at rock bottom. But there's also, like if you could avoid going down that low and just start going up from wherever you're at, you're gonna climb that much faster.
1: Yeah, why, why go through all the suffering if you don't have to? If you can
0: wake up now, right? Truly, exactly.
1: Well, um, I I know the book is out now and um, it'd be great if you could share where folks can get it. And I want to talk just briefly also about uh, Design Pickle and what you're doing there. Um, We may have some listeners that would benefit from, uh, you know, from connecting with you there as well. So first, where can they get the book?
0: So the book, you could get a free chapter at sober And then if you're just all in and want to get it, it's on Amazon. You could, there's links from that site too, sober but then you could just search on Amazon sober entrepreneur and you'll find it where the, the number one ranking for the search term sober entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yeah. I imagine there's probably not another book with that title, is there?
0: Nope. There's not.
1: <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's the book now. Um, since you stopped drinking, you've created a new firm, uh, Design Pickle, uh, which I think is this really unique take on on getting design work done. Um, and I'd love for you to just spend a minute kind of describing what, what the business is and, and who it's for.
0: Right. So in my clarity, obviously, you quit drinking, you have a little more time on your hands to think about life. And post-business failure, I, I thought to myself, When in my creative career, because my previous business was this creative agency, we did design, branding, websites, all sorts of stuff. And I thought to myself, when were our clients the happiest? And it wasn't when we were doing some complex, multi-million dollar campaign. It literally was when we were designing their Facebook ads or a business card or a podcast graphic on a timely, regular basis. They were just very, very grateful for those things. And so we launched Design Pickle, I launched Design Pickle, and it is a subscription-based graphic design service. So it's flat rate, $370 a month, and you get to basically rent a designer. It's a dedicated designer, they're your designer, they work with you and about 10 other clients. And then you just work with them every day on whatever you need. You submit them a request through an app, through our email how much you could get done ultimately depends on complexity of what you're needing and and how well you communicate. But, but it was this attempt to really provide simple value for businesses and entrepreneurs and marketers with a a needed part of a business that's often neglected or just costs so much time and money to get done that often people skip it. Well, I'm not going to do this design this presentation because I'm going to have to meet with the designer and see if they're available. And then I get billed by the hour and then there's revisions or I try to do it myself and I'm four hours into candy more. Uh, so we're trying to provide that dedicated resource without that full-time salary or even a part-time salary commitment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, a fantastic service and a uh, really innovative uh, way, way to deliver that service. Having, yeah. Having dealt with lots of designers over the years, um, it, you know, having that kind of a model where you know what you're going to pay, um, and and you're going to work with the same person again and again and again, it's uh, it, it certainly is unique and and clearly it's it's popular because you guys are growing like crazy. So yeah, congratulations on the
0: success. Thank uh, you, thank you. I mean, at the end of the day, like, our one of our core values is friendly, and our mission is to be the most helpful creative company in the world. So that's all it is, is like, we don't want to give you, penalize you for you to work with your designer more to try to get to know them better. So that's why we launched the model with this flat rate is it's successful design, successful design just comes with great communication and a good relationship. And when you're getting billed by the project or by the hour, you're sort of disincentivized to to work with your designer more unless you just have an unlimited budget. And in that case, good for you.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, where can they find out more about Design Pickle?
0: So Design Pickle, you could just jump on designpickle.com, tons of information, Um, you know, not to get too pitchy, but we have a a no risk 14 day trial. So you could sign up, uh, pay for your first month. But the first two weeks of that, if you're just you just meet your designer, try it out. If you like it, great. If not, you get a full refund.
1: Well, that's great. So uh, for the book, folks need to go to SoberEntrepreneur.com. And if you want to learn more about Design Pickle, go to DesignPickle.com. Russ, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been an
0: absolute blast today. Thank you. Absolutely, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at UnstoppableCEO.net forward slash iTunes.